Thank you for listening to the Monmouth Praise Podcast. If you would like more information about our church, please visit www.praiseonline.net or follow us on social media on Facebook or Instagram. Okay. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Sing it if you know it. Just to take him at his word. Just to upon his promise. Everybody on the course, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Thee, how I've proved You more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, to <laughs> more. Yeah. Thank you. You may or may not know that, depending on what decade you were born in. Awesome. We're starting a series now for the, this week and the following six weeks on, in First and Second Timothy on dealing with the different issues of, our, of what church life should be about in our culture. And we're going to take it from a generational approach and how generations, old and young, can engage with each other to accomplish what God wants us to do. I love the church because people come from all age groups and categories, all financial levels and categories. And I think we need to be more diverse than we are. But as we get together, God does amazing things in this mixture of people from different walks of life. Um, Lila, my wife, is sick today under the covers. She muttered, I can't move because if I do, I will lose my cookies, something like that. And she's, she gets the flu, but she will not. Uh, she's stubborn. She won't. Won't let it happen. Um, she probably doesn't like me telling you this about her. <laughs> I'm just saying, she's not with me. But this week, she was with her sister, and they were in Starbucks at the line, and there was a, you know how they channel down into one, and two people arrived at the same time at this line. One of them just kept going. And the other one got angry at her and stuck her head out the window and began to yell various descriptions about her and her family members <laughs> using colorful language of all kinds and screaming, red-faced screaming at this woman who she felt cut in front of her. And it just kept going. And the, and the lady kept just screaming, screaming, and her head out the window, and the lady just in front of that lady, stood there, just kept going, got to the window, ordered, and my wife said to her sister in the car with her, wouldn't it be hilarious if the lady who was being yelled at paid for the lady behind her's 
coffee. And so then they went through, and she kept yelling. And even as the lady left, she was yelling. And she got to the window, and then she saw this interaction. And then they drove up to the window, and the barista was cracking up. And she said, you won't believe what just happened. The lady who was yelling at the other lady got her coffee paid for by the lady who was being yelled at. If you want your coffee paid for you, just scream at someone. <laughs> so, and then they were laughing so hard about it, they forgot to pay for the people behind them. You know how that goes, but. I don't know if it was an intergenerational problem, but I do know this. We have got to get a handle on our culture right now that is so fragmented and so separated and so divided and so angry at each other and so fed up. I am a baby boomer. Sometimes baby boomers complain about millennials. Sometimes millennials complain about Gen Xers or whatever they are. And I want to just tell you something. None of this is in the Bible. You know that? It's not there. It doesn't, it, well, what's there is don't do that. Love one another. So we're going to start this series. It's going to kick into full swing next week. But this is kind of introduction talk about how we can see what God wants to teach us through these chapters of First and Second Timothy about relating well with people not just in our category, but outside of our category. Because I believe this. If the church begins to get a grip on how to talk and how to communicate in loving ways, that's what's going to cause revival and people to know Jesus. Okay? So 1 Timothy is written by an old guy, Paul the Apostle, to a young guy, Timothy, who was a pastor of the church in Ephesus. And he was probably, maybe not even 20 yet, super young. But he was having a problem with old guys. Isn't that crazy? Well, let's read it. In 1 Timothy, I want to read these three verses. Verses 3, 4, 5, and 6. I guess there's four of them. It's about Timothy who is opposing false teachers. Now, false teachers aren't people who just woke up one morning and said, I want to be a false teacher when I grow up. They are people who got askew and off track. Gradually. By clinging to their favorite things more than what was else to be, more than truth. And, and Paul talks about it being endless genealogies and meaningless talk, controversies, things that matter. Has anybody noticed our culture right now? Can I just talk about Facebook for a minute? I'm just telling you. Realize that you're in the living room with someone when you're communicating on there. Because everybody's going to see it. And there is a bravery that's not healthy that comes over people when they want to comment on people. And it's not appropriate because we are the body of Christ. We are supposed to be life. And so I, I want to talk about this, this meaningless talk that comes out of people. But... I want to switch it up a little and talk about how we can have meaningful talk and how what, what comes out of us can be life-giving and life-changing. My friend Paul Morgan, 
amazing pastor. Some of you know him well. He got church on the hill in South Salem, just exploded, and he started that ministry. He took it from, like, nothing to massive. And now he mentors people all the time. And he said, I have an appointment with somebody. I said, oh, how do you do this? You know, meeting with people all day long. And he goes, oh, he said, I, I, before I talk with someone, I take time and I breathe out anything that's me and any kind of attitude I might have and ask the Holy Spirit to fill me and I breathe in and I want to release to the person I'm going to meet with truth, life, Jesus. What would happen if we all do this? This is what the calling of God is upon the church for. Not to launch your opinion, but to breathe life. Let's read these verses. Verse 3. Paul is writing Timothy. I urge you then, when I went to Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain people not to teach false doctrines any longer or to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. Such things promote controversial speculations rather than advancing God's work, which is by faith. The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Some have departed from these and have turned to meaningless talk. So they didn't mean to just all of a sudden have meaningless talk. It is a deception of the gradual. It's what takes place in us when we give up ground from depending on our opinions and our take on things more than we're depending on the word of God and what he says. Okay? This will help us no matter what age we are, no matter what category we're in, get back to what Jesus thinks and learn what the word of God is saying to us because what you say matters. It counts. I'm not trying to tie you up in knots. I'm just saying, doesn't anybody here else besides me want to have life come out of my mouth when I talk to somebody? You know? Not my opinion, not my take, but life. I mean, I have my opinions, and I have my understanding of things. I mean, we all do. But to be dominated by the Holy Spirit in such a way that the words that come out are going to be important. And life-giving, okay? So, uh, we're going to talk about that today. And uh, first of all, the value of meaningful talk and what it is. The value of it uh, is that the devotion you have is revealed. Okay. Verse 4 says that they devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. Okay, such things promote controversial speculations rather than advancing God's work. So there is a devotion to those things. They were attached to the genealogies. I don't know if they looked it up on ancestor.com, whatever, but they were like really into the old days and who they were and their heritage and what was so important about them because this is who they were. And it became bigger and bigger and bigger. This was who we are. We are special because we are from this lineage. Paul said to Timothy, don't let those guys do that. It's getting, because let me just tell you, your past is great, but it's probably not as great as you think it is. You know? 
us old athletes. We just think we were so amazing when we were in high school. Yeah, I used to be really good. And every year we get older, we get better as we, you know, our younger years. What, you're, what you really care about is revealed, though, in your words. Okay? Um, if you get connected with somebody who loves fishing and you love fishing, you talk fishing. I go to Cowboy Church once in a while and speak there because I know farming and they love farming and so we can relate. So it's not bad. It's just an affinity you have. It's a connection you have. Just don't get caught in a, a collection of women who are talking baby stories about how their babies were born. Because birthing stories are not for everyone. I'm just saying. But somebody will share their birthing story and say, yes, I, and 14 hours later. And then somebody will say, yes, and mine was 26 hours. And it was like, whoa, I got to get out of here. <laughs> That's how they feel, though, when I'm talking, you know. I can talk about, you know, calves and pulling calves and things like that. So it's, I can kind of relate. You don't know what that is. <laughs> Nobody knows what that is but me. I'll just leave that alone. Wise. <laughs> no, it's not totally the same. It's a different thing. Oh, thank you, Lord. So here's the scoop. Because of our devotions toward things, what you're devoted to will leak out of you. It's because you spend time. So if you love the Lord and you spend time with the Lord, it's going to leak out on people around you. And you will have meaningful words that come out of your mouth because you will speak words of how God is faithful to you and how he's blessed you and not different. You don't have to be spiritual and crazy about it. Not in such a way that you're trying to convince someone. Just in a natural way of who Jesus is in your life. So we were at a party last night. And we're sitting at a table with a guy who had a terrible motorcycle accident three years ago. And was almost, almost passed away from it. It was just a terrible, terrible ordeal. And all of a sudden my wife connected on who he was and said, Oh, we prayed for you. And we were not in a setting where you would, you know, announce your prayer life. And he just looked and he said, thank you. Because there was an angel with me the whole time. There was an amazing person who could only do the surgery that saved my life who happened to be in town at that time. There was another person who created a way to hold ribs together that created this mesh that was just in town at that time. They said if either of those two people would have been not there, I would not have been alive today. Thank you, he said. So she, she's devoted to the Lord and devoted to prayer. So when the moment came, meaningful words came out of her mouth. I prayed for you. Whoa. See, this is kind of important because, not kind of, very important. Because if we are truly devoted to the Lord and his ways, when we have those moments, meaningful words will escape our mouth. Not words of like, 
I don't know, just what goes on in this culture. Because we're in a culture where words are just flying around online and in person. They're just recklessly released. And I believe the Lord wants to use us and fill us with his Holy Spirit to where our words would be adjusted to being meaningful, not meaningless. And your devotion will be revealed in your words, what you really love. And it's okay to love things. I'm not, you know, just make sure that you've got space in there for the Lord to work. Because I, I just know that he wants to use you in the area that you are interacting at, in the world you're in, to be a blessing to someone else, an encouragement. So your devotion is re revealed. Um, for the purpose of advancing God's work, the end of verse 4 says, because they're doing this endless genealogies and these controversies rather than advancing the work of God. Do you know the work of God is something to be advanced? The work of God is not declaring what he has done in the past. That's called worship. The work of God is declaring what is coming up. You can't see it. You don't know it. You have an idea. It might be what you think to some degree, but you can't see it. Hebrews 1, or 2, I'm sorry, the faith chapter says, Faith is the substance of things not seen. You can't see what God is going to do in your life. You can't see that. And if all you do is think about what is in the past and not have vision about what God is going to do, I don't know, but Lord, I have vision for what you're going to do. I, don't, I can't see it. I just know it's about you and about me and how I'm going to... In, be used of you, and I know it's going to be amazing. I just can't see it. Well, that's how we're supposed to live. Not supposed to be living looking back. That's what these guys were doing in the church. Endless genealogies. They were organizing their past and putting, I don't know what they were doing. But they were doing stuff that was focusing on the past. No way to live your life. There's a reason rearview mirrors are this big and windshields are this big. Ron Johnson in our church in Montana, his transmission went out, and I saw him zip by my house in reverse. <laughs> going way too fast. Driving from his rearview mirror. Very, very dangerous. Same thing, how we live our life with the Lord. The past is okay to look at, but it's a glance. God, you've been faithful. Some years we say, oh, don't want to go back there again. But to focus on advancing the work of God is what we're about. It's what the church is for. It's what you are as a follower of Jesus is about. Advance the work of God. See something up ahead that in the spirit that God wants you to do. You can't see it in details, but you know he's calling you. And there's something really great ahead. It's called advancing the work of God. And you will lose that if you focus on all the details of history. History isn't bad. It has its place. Just be aware that tomorrow, today and tomorrow are all new in the Lord.
I loved living there. So the third thing about this is what needs to come out of us is words of faith. Sometimes we believers in the Christian world like to get caught up in how hard it is to be a follower of Jesus. Are you kidding me? Jesus is what makes life living, worth living. He's what gives us life. You got to be a part of the body of Christ. Is it hard? Yeah, but try life without him. It's really bad without him. And with him, it's an opportunity for miracles. One lady told me about their daughter that was uh, living a very rebellious life and knew better. She said, well, she's building her testimony right now. It's a good way to look at it. Because she's just coming around. She'll be back. And she'll have some stories to tell about the faithfulness of Jesus. Can I just tell you, this words of faith have to, have to escape us. Our, our words have to come out of our heart. Jesus said, out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth will speak. This is what's, is it in your heart to have faith for what is ahead for you and your family? Is it in your heart to have faith for what's ahead for what you can't even believe yet because you just, you just have to have faith that God is in it and he's going to take it. Words of faith and how they come out of your mouth matters. And what you say to somebody matters. And how you speak about somebody matters. As a baby boomer, I need to speak words of life about millennials. As a millennial, you need to speak words of life about other generations, especially boomers. <laughs> See, what the enemy wants to do is separate us all out and get us into little bunches and attack us when we're alone. What God wants us to do is to band together. Beto Reyes has little kids that he can't get out of bed for school very easy. It's always a work. It's just tough. Four kids. And I remember those years. And, but it snowed about an inch. And at six in the morning, they were all out in the backyard making a snowman. How does that work? Oh, I know, because if I have to get up early to go do something I don't like, it's difficult. But if I have to get out of bed early to go hunting, four o'clock, no problem, I'll be there early. Hmm. Funny thing how that works. Well, they made the snowman on just a little skiff of snow, and they benched all the snow together. And all the snow was gone except the snowman remained because it was together. Do you know that's what the church is? You and I will exist and remain if we stay together. If we fragment out, get our group, have a church of just college kids, or have a church of just old people, or have a church of just conservative people, or have a church of just liberal people, all of this is going to cause us to dissipate. 
But if we have a church of people who value one another and value and bunch together and pack it in together, we are going to outlast. And we will be a testimony of who Jesus is. Speak words of faith about others, not in your category. Speak words of blessing about people that God has in your life that are not like you because it is a wonderful thing he has given you. So as we close, Paul, the old guy, is talking to Timothy, the young guy, about old guys causing problems. I want to be an old guy who speaks blessing and encouragement to young guys. If you're a young guy or a young girl, I want you to aspire to be a young person who can help and promote life and health in us old people. But it all comes from out of the abundance of your heart and where you're at. All of us. <laughs> I'll never forget when we first started the church here. Some of you remember this because you were here. I mean, 2001. We thought we we're going to just have gobs and gobs and gobs of college kids that would just be kind of a college church. Well, and so we thought we'd serve soup for just the college kids downstairs. Soup for all college people downstairs after church. And the little smattering of, I think, four, Megan Hutchinson and three others were downstairs eating soup at a table. I went down there and said, is this great? And she looked at me, and I remember, I think it was Megan, said, well, we don't want to just eat down here with us. We want everybody to eat together. Duh. <laughs> That's church? Boy, God help us in our attitude sometimes. We want things to be just in our own mind. We think so we think it's really great, and God is saying, it's not what I wanted. I want you and you and you and all people to be together. God wants the world outside of these walls to be with us. Not just in this building, but with us in knowing Jesus and walking with him. I believe that revival can happen, but I believe it's going to take faith. It's going to take words coming out of your heart to make a difference. Meaningful words. It's going to have to be some of us letting go of what we think, going back to the word and saying what is truth to discern what God wants in our lives. And if we all do that, I believe there's a revival waiting. So how does this mean to you? And I, I'm sure there's those here today that need to have faith for something they can't see. You're in a situation, you're in a life spot that you can't see how this is going to work. Well, that's definition of faith the substance of things not seen and I, I want us to pray together this morning as we close about this taking place I don't know how it's going to look I don't know how it's going to look for our church but I just know that there's great impact ahead for us if we will come to terms and let the Holy Spirit fill us and then leak out on other people who he is 
but you might be just caught up in your own situation. You can't have faith for it. Well, we're going to pray for that right now. Could you just bow your heads and ask the Lord with me to just talk to us. Let his Holy Spirit fill us, and refill us. Thank you, Lord, for your word is true. This example you've placed in scripture about the church that was all caught up in the past and not looking to the future. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would help us see you and where you are going so we can follow with faith. Thank you for your word is true. Thank you for those who are behind us and whose shoulders we stand on. And we thank you for those who are coming behind us. We pray, Lord Jesus, that we would be people of faith that would be bunched together in such a way that we would outlast the cultural shifts and changes and that we would be a testimony of who you are. And so right now I pray that the, the, the situations in our lives right here that are represented in this group, we ask for you to impart faith to us that you would help us trust you we look forward to things, answered prayer, to miracles, because we know you're all about that. In your name we pray, amen. As we're here in this place together this morning, would you all just take a deep breath of God's spirit in? It's just on the count of three. One, two, three. God, we thank you that your spirit is with us. We thank you that your spirit is here and that you, you will be with us wherever we go. As I'm thinking about this scripture today and as, as we wrap up the service this morning, I'll just let you into a little window of, of my life this week. We've had a, a pretty rough week with one of our kiddos at school. And I found myself having a conversation that went something like this. This person who is acting this way is not you. You are more than this. This is not who you are. And that's not to excuse the behaviors that were happening. And that's not to dismiss any consequences that come from that. But it's to call my child forward into who I know that my child was created to be. And I don't know if that is resonating with you at all for, for yourself personally, for somebody near you. But one thing I know that is true about everyone in this room and everyone in this world is that we are all created in God's image. And the second thing is we all are meant to be children of God. Whether we're acting like that right now or not, that is who you are and that is who we are. Jesus is calling us forward this week. 
he's not asking us to just keep acting like that. He doesn't want you to be there. He doesn't want you to just keep wallowing in that situation. He wants you to move ahead. His words for you are life. They are calling you forward. They're not meant to leave us where we're at. We need to understand deeply within our souls who we are created to be, who we are becoming because of Jesus. Would you join with me in prayer? God, we thank you for the truth of your word that speaks to us in places that we can only understand because of just your presence around us, maybe. We don't even, maybe right now we don't even feel like it. We don't even feel that we are part of your family, that we're connected, that we're loved by you. God, would you help us to know that this week? Would you bring people into our lives to bring us those words of encouragement and of life that would call us forward to new places beyond where we're at, that we would live up to the calling that you have on us, not because of something that we can do, but because of your spirit at work in us, moving us to that place. Help us to know who we are in you. God, and help that to leak out into all of our conversations and all of our interactions as we go from here today. That we would be different and that difference would make a difference in our community and in our conversations today and throughout this week. And we pray this because of the power and authority of Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you give a few hugs, handshakes, and high fives? Enjoy some donuts in the back as you go. Enjoy the bake-off if you're part of that at the Harriet House this afternoon. Have a great week.